You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. The afternoon episode, for those that don't know, is the On This Day in Packers history. Uh, Once again, because I'm doing a daily podcast, I realize that I am basically a uh, Packers encyclopedia. Not me personally, my memory is, is shot. However, I've got a long list of Packers episodes. Now, most of them are from the 2018 season. I wasn't doing daily two years ago. However, I do have an episode from two years ago that I can replay. Um, And it's only the second time I've been able to do that, so I want to do that. This is December 10th, and it was the episode preparing for the Cleveland Browns game. And the interesting thing is, this was a kind of a fun dynamic and and kind of an actually interesting game, because this was the year, number one, that the Cleveland Browns were winless. So it was, they were winless the whole year, but even up to this point, they were the winless Browns. But there was the question of, are the Packers actually going to win? And I had I had questioned that, and I do in this episode. I, I can't guarantee the Packers will win. The other interesting dynamic, Deshaun Kaiser versus Brett Hundley is the matchup. And essentially, if you were listening, if you've been listening a long time, two years ago, um, you know, last year my big thing is tank for the draft. Two years ago it was just an anti-Brett. If you think that I'm harsh with uh, Kevin King, you should have heard me back in the Brett Hundley days. But I basically kept referring to Brett Hundley as Deshaun Kaiser. Those were the two worst quarterbacks in football, and they were going to go head-to-head. And then, obviously, hilariously, the Green Bay Packers the next year were going to pick up Deshaun Kaiser to be the backup. But anyways, that is what this episode is about. It's a fun little flashback in time. Again, the quality of the podcast, you know, well, I'm sure two years from now I'll be saying the same thing, but it is what it is. Anyways, here is two years ago on this day in history, a look at the upcoming Green Bay Packers versus the winless Cleveland Browns. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I said it last week, and I said, uh, you know, Vikings game is big. But really, the bottom line is every game from now until the Packers lose is going to be a big game. I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. Unless or until the Packers lose. This is going to be a big game. It's, it's actually really, <laughs> I, I don't know, this is such a confusing season. The fact that the Browns are such a big game, but yet there's still hope. 
that to me just blows my mind. And again, we're, we, supposedly sometime this week, um, we're going to be getting news on Aaron Rodgers, and that is the biggest um, thing of all. So we need the Packers to win this game, and we need to get word that Aaron Rodgers got a clean bill of health, which is to say that his bone has healed and is not just back to normal, but is stronger than ever and will never break again. These are the two hurdles we have this week, and we have a hurdle every single week. But you know what? This is Packers football. This is Packers end-of-the-year football. Every year, this is what we go through. With the year we won the Super Bowl, it was the exact same thing. We were out. We were done. It was over. We had to run the table. But you know what? The team's no good. How are, we just lost to the Lions. The Lions are terrible. We're never going to be able to run the table. And we did. We ran the table. We went into the playoffs. We started beating teams. And then, I tell you what, once we beat uh, the Falcons at home, there, there was no, no concern on, on my part whatsoever. The Atlanta Falcons were unbeatable at home. You could never beat them. Still weren't exactly for sure if this team was legit or if it was just kind of a, you know, whatever. We blew them out of the water. I, I, you know, it, it seems weird, but I remember watching that that Super Bowl against the Steelers and just thinking, I, I, I was 100% at peace. Because after everything we had been through, there was no way in the world we could lose this game. No way! It just felt impossible that the season could ever end that way. Obviously, at this point, we've seen some pretty devastating stuff, but at that point, it just felt impossible. All that to say, there's no such thing as impossible with this team. And Aaron Rodgers, the Packers, and especially Aaron Rodgers, see fit to prove us wrong every year. And just the recovery alone is impossible. Because I, I still remember, and it was the big reason I was so down on the season, and I just gave up, and I said, you know what, just tank it out, because Rodgers isn't coming back till January. What's the point? Because that was the analysis that I had heard from a sports medicine doctor who said, look, the break is serious, it's on his throwing shoulder, conservatively, he's back in January. So you got to get into the playoffs and win in the playoffs, probably, and then have, right, there was just no way. Not with Hundley, no way, no how, never. Every year, Rodgers has some kind of a miracle for us. This year, it's his his collarbone healing. And similar to that Super Bowl season where it just felt impossible, how in the world does Aaron Rodgers' superpowers magically heal his collarbone to be ready just in time when the schedule starts to become somewhat difficult because we've had the easiest schedule ever these last few games it just feels impossible at this point for the season to end this way it seems so unfathomable that Hundley can win the games that he needs to win and then lose to the Browns and then we get a clean bill of health on Rodgers and it's like well the season's over anyways that just I know anything can happen and there's no you know the, the NFL isn't fixed like some weird people tend to believe and all that stuff but it just it feels cosmically impossible to lose to a winless team <laughs> and let that be the reason we don't get in and uh, Aaron Rodgers miracle this year is denied because the Packers can't get over um, I, I, you can't even call him a speed bump it's it's just like a, I don't know a flat patch of ground that just flung us off the road however unfortunately 
despite the uh, you know theatrics and cosmic appeals that I'm making, I do think this might be a tough matchup. I really do, and I, as as I'm looking at it, I don't know how the Browns are losing, other than well, two things: one, bad teams find a way to lose, and that is the case with this team, and it's the one thing that I'm holding out hope for. When you have two struggling teams like the Packers and the Browns, the Packers are a team that is that are finding a way to win. The Browns are a team that finds a way to lose. That that's I'm not talking cosmic stuff here. That's that's a real tangible thing. I don't know if you can call it tangible, but it is a thing. The other reason they tend to lose is because they have the worst quarterback in all of the NFL. I believe is is uh is Tyrod Taylor out because he might be the second worst now. The problem is Brett Hundley despite his improvements, is not far behind Deshaun Kaiser. In fact, I've been comparing him to Deshaun Kaiser all year because they are actually very similar. So although a point goes to the Packers, when you look at the supporting cast, it does worry me a little bit. So let's just jump into that right away. So for starters, if you look at, for example, our defensive front versus their offensive line. When I say defensive front, I'm talking defensive line and outside linebackers. Um, the Browns actually do have a good offensive line, and that's one of the reasons. And I I tell you what, after this game, not during this game, I think starting after this game, I'm going to become a closet Browns fan. I really, really, I've always respected the fans for sticking with this garbage team. But now they went out and got that, that new GM from the Chiefs, a guy that I really thought was going to end up with the Packers. I was kind of hoping he's a phenomenal GM. This team has a lot of talent, and one of the things they have that is key to any successful team is a good offensive line. They do not have a good right tackle, and their left tackle is on IR. Joe Thomas, guy that's never, ever hurt, but he is one of the best in the NFL. He's out. Still, they have J.C. Treader at center, guy that we know is, is a very good football player, but at guard, they have Joel Batonio and Kevin Zeitler, who are very, very good guards. Now, I'm still going to give it, uh, you know, advantage Packers here for a couple reasons. One, again, right now they have terrible tackles, which means Clay Matthews and Nick Perry, who have somehow managed to stay healthy, and I hope they're healthy and playing in this game, they are going to have a great opportunity. And despite the fact that they have good guards, our defensive tackles are people that I think can overcome anything. I think Kenny Clark and um, Mike Daniels are good enough to overcome, we'll call it, good guards. The other two factors are this. One, they have Isaiah Crowell, who is a terrible running back, at least he is this year, and their quarterback is really, really bad, and one of the things he does wrong all the time is he holds onto the ball entirely too long, which makes your offensive line look worse than it is. All those things are advantage Packers. Here is where it gets tricky, however. Duke Johnson... Josh Gordon. Duke Johnson is sort of the third down back, and as bad as Crowell has been, Duke Johnson has been pretty phenomenal. And the thing that makes me nervous about that is I do think that's a pretty pretty bad matchup. Isaiah Crowell is between the tackles kind of guy, and the Packers have been very, very good against guys like that. Third down backs? Think Tariq Cohen. Now, I said Tariq Cohen would be a good matchup for the Bears when we played the Bears. Tariq Cohen had the ball like once, and he ran the ball or you know caught it out of the backfield, whatever it was, for like 20 yards, and we never saw him again. And the Bears kept trying to run between the tackles, and it didn't work. If the Bears are, or excuse me, if the Browns are even slightly intelligent, they're going to stick with Duke Johnson. They're not going to try to run up the gut. Maybe once in a while they'll try to do that. And even with Duke Johnson, he's, his yards per carry are pretty solid. 
The guy is slippery, but they can use him in a lot of different ways, and they can use him as a receiver, and I do think that's going to hurt the Packers a little bit. The bigger issue here is Josh Gordon, and I know there's a lot of people who think, ah, whatever, you know, he's a druggy, he's this, that. Josh Gordon is, is not just maybe one of the best in the NFL today. He's maybe one of the best of all time, and he has completely ruined up to this point what could be and could have been one of the greatest wide receiving careers of all time. He's still got time. He can come back and he can do some awesome stuff, especially, you know, with the Browns. You know, they're probably going to be getting a new quarterback and some new stuff this year. Josh Gordon could still be one of the greats. Last week, his first week back, this guy's been out of the league for I don't know how long. He comes back. He catches the ball like four times for 84 yards or something to that effect. It's not much, but it's just a matter of if you can get the ball in his hand. Look what he can do. 84 yards on four receptions. The point for the Browns is going to be just get the ball in his hands, and that's exactly what they did last week. They're not trying to drive the ball down the field, nor should they, because you know the offensive line isn't good enough to protect this guy, and Kaiser isn't good enough to get the ball into his hands. He was open consistently, and, and Kaiser missed him down the field. Just let him run these short routes, get the ball in his hands, and watch what he can do. For those that maybe forgot, in 2013, Josh Gordon played 14 games only. He caught 87 passes for 1,646 yards. In terms of yards per game, to the best of my ability, to the best of my knowledge, that's ranked second of all time. Now, I don't know that for sure, because I'm, what I, whatever, it, it doesn't matter. But the highest, the only one that I saw in terms of yards per game that was higher was Calvin Johnson. He beat out Julio Jones, who had like 1,800 in 16 games. So when I'm talking about Josh Gordon, I'm talking about a guy that's maybe somewhere between Julio Jones and Calvin Johnson. In terms of his ceiling, in terms of his ability. And this is with the Browns. This isn't with Matt Stafford and the Lions. This isn't with Matt Ryan and the Falcons. This is with the Browns. So I, I, I guess I just don't want you to underestimate how good this guy is. How unbelievably, disgustingly, freakishly good this man is. And let's not forget who our secondary is. Now, I've been propping these guys up saying, you know, I think they're maybe turning a corner. Turning a corner means nothing against Josh Gordon. Just imagine Megatron in his prime. It doesn't matter if they're slightly getting a little bit better. That's long-term stuff. That's, you know, maybe in the playoffs. I'm talking about today against Josh Gordon. What are they going to do? Now, I'd, I'm, I'm The only reason Josh Gordon might not have a good game, in my mind, is because of Deshaun Kaiser. But again, the Browns are smart enough to realize, just get him open. Anywhere, any way, get him open. You know in man coverage, the, our, the corners that we have are not very fast. Just get him running to the other sideline, he'll be open. In a zone defense, which the Packers are horrible in a zone defense, it's not going to be a problem whatsoever, even with Deshaun Kaiser, to pick that apart. So... As far as Packers defense, here's the way I see it. We're going to double up their only weapon as a wide receiver, Josh Gordon. All day long, we're going to blanket him. We're going to hit him real hard at the line of scrimmage and not let him get off. And we're going to do everything we can to minimize what he does to us. Number one priority. After that, neutralize the run. We got some pretty good, pretty athletic 
sideline to sideline linebackers, they need to be on their game because they're the ones that are going to make sure that Duke Johnson doesn't get anywhere. When he comes sneaking out of the backfield, it's going to be Blake Martinez and Jake Ryan that are going to be covering him, more than likely. When, they, when, they're, when he's running to the sideline, it's going to be these really fast linebackers who have really stepped up, who go fly into the sideline to make sure he doesn't get around the edge. These guys need to be on point. And maybe more than any of that, our pass rushers, whether it be interior, but especially our outside linebackers against these bad tackles, need to be destroying Deshaun Kaiser all day long. So, don't give Josh Gordon an inch. Get after Kaiser before he has a chance to even look in that direction. Because he's, he's just going to be staring at him. If he's smart, he's just going to be staring at him, waiting for him to get open. Get in his face. Don't let anything be there. And while he's looking that way, you smack him on his blind side. And you hit him hard. You get him scared by the time the second quarter starts. Because if you can't do those things, and they're, if they're able to pick us apart with Josh Gordon, and they have other wide receivers. You know, if we double up them and we're not good enough to stop, you know, Corey Coleman and uh, Richard Higgins, you know, he's or Njoku for that matter, as much as I liked him out of college, he's not been very good. If we can't stop those guys, um, we're in trouble. It should be good enough to shut down Gordon and our corners as bad as they have been and our linebackers and all this stuff. They need to be able to stop them from, from being the primary, right? If we're doubling up Gordon and Coleman is tearing us up down the field, we're, we're in a lot of trouble. Now, it, it seems entirely executable. It really does. Josh Gordon's going to get a couple of his receptions. And by the way, Josh Gordon only had four receptions for 84 yards. That was against maybe the best corner in the NFL right now, Casey Hayward. He, he went up his first game back. This guy has not played football in I don't know how long. He steps onto a field with the worst quarterback in the NFL, goes up against the number one cornerback in the NFL, Casey Hayward, and he does pretty well. 84 yards, four receptions. And he was open more times than that. Kaiser just kept missing him. That's what we're going up against. Just, just again, just to further get you to understand the situation. Now, that's half the battle. If we're able to execute that, that's half the battle. That means they don't score a lot of points. We still have to find a way to score points. Seems easy. It's the Browns. I don't think it's going to be easy. I said this several weeks ago, this is not a great matchup because we need to be able to lean on our run. We did it last week, right? The run looked real good, and it helped. You cannot put the ball or the uh, our, our ability to win cannot be in Hundley's hands. It's just not a good strategy. Even against the Browns, you don't want that to be your strategy. Problem is, even to this date, and it was true last week and the week before and the week before that, the Browns have the number one run defense in the NFL. 3.3 yards per carry average. That's sick. And I don't know how. They don't have good linebackers. They have Danny Shelton and Miles Garrett, and that's about it. Safeties, meh. They've got uh, Carl Nassib, Nassib, whatever. He's not great. Nate Orchard is a trash heap. Trayvon Coley, no good. Burgess, Schobert, Kirksey. I know Browns fans apparently love Schobert. He's he's a tackling machine. You know, maybe he's like an AJ Hawk. He he's maybe that's it. Maybe that's what he can do. He's a great 
uh, you know, middle linebacker. He's the one tearing it up on the inside, and we have to exploit him some other way, which <laughs> we don't have tight ends, so I don't know how we're going to do that. But maybe the, it, what it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because somehow they make it work. 3.3 yards per carry. Now, their pass defense isn't nearly as good, and I don't really get this either because they have uh, Jason McCourty at cornerback, and he's pretty solid. He's a pretty good cornerback. He's having a great year. He's currently ranked 10th in the NFL by Pro Football Focus. Now, again, if the Browns are smart, you just put him on Devontae Adams all day. That's it. Because as good as Jordy is, uh, him and Hundley are just not on the same page. And they're forcing balls to him at you know these little three-yard routes because it's the only way that they can figure out a way to get the ball in Jordy's hands. Jordy is frustrated. He's, he's basically just done with this whole process. It's not working. So go ahead. Just throw Jamar Taylor on him. Jamar Taylor is just, you know, he's better than our corners, but he's not very good. He'll be plenty fine. Outside of that, they got this guy Calhoun. No idea who he is. Playing phenomenal football. Great corner. He's a slot corner. Him against Cobb. So I think it's going to be difficult. How do we move the ball? What do we do? Well, we throw it. To who? Adams is going to be on McCourty. McCourty's going to be on Adams all day. That's not easy to do. And, and the way that uh, Brett Hundley's fitting the ball into all these tight little places, he, he, he's bound to make a mistake. And McCourty's the kind of guy that's good enough. He's a veteran. He's smart. He's very talented. You've you got to be careful. He might end up with the ball on some of these. Do, do you find a way to get the ball in Jordy's hands with these little screens? Are we just going to keep doing screens all day long and hope that Jordy can run for four or five yards? Listen, it's what was good enough about Brett Hundley last week is when you have a run game where on first and ten you can run for six yards. At that point, you just you should be able to consider that a first down because you've got two attempts to go, f- you know, to get a first down. You've only got to go four yards. The the playbook is wide open. When you have a team like this that allows 3.3 yards per carry, if you if you run on first, and it's second and you know nine, second and ten, even second and seven. You know, with Aaron Rodgers, you're thinking, oh, that's not a big deal. But with this team, with this Brett Hundley team, second and seven is problematic. Do you run it again and end up in third and five? Because even that's tricky. That's not a gimme with this team. Running the ball is going to be difficult. Now, the good thing is the two guys that we have are, are you know, very different. Aaron Jones is sort of a, you know, he, he's sort of, around the outside. He's going to go around the tackles kind of thing. He can go between the tackles, but he bounces it outside, and he's very fast to the outside. He, he does that very, very well. Jamal Williams, everybody knows what he does. He's coming straight for your chin strap. He's going to lay the wood to you. So we get to play with that and kind of see what works, right? Go with Jamal and just smack him up the middle and see what he can do. If he's, if he's taking off five, six-yard chunks just like last week, I guess we're good. I'm not entirely worried about this game. If the Browns do what the Browns do and they shut him down, nothing's working, you got to mix it up. See if you can get around the outside. Try throwing to the running backs. you you got to find a way to get those guys moving. Because if the entirety of our offense depends on the Brett Hundley to Devontae Adams connection carrying this team, I'm very concerned. Very concerned. So, that, you know, this should be a win. Just based on who these teams are, you've got a very hungry Packers team. This team is, you know, not not just 
for the reason that they they could come back, you know, whatever, all that. Aaron Rodgers might be back next week, and his ability to come back is entirely contingent on this team winning. These guys want him back. They want him. They don't want Jordy Nelson. Expect him to play the best game of his entire life because he's going to be stuck with Brett Hundley for the rest of the year if, he, if they don't win this game. And this is it. I mean, every game from here on out entirely depends on um, them winning. They have to win. And usually that's just Aaron Rodgers' sheer will getting them over the hump. And it looks like the Packers don't even want to go to the playoffs and Aaron Rodgers is dragging them. This is their last and final opportunity to prove that even without Aaron Rodgers, this team can fight and can battle. And, you know, I've said it a few times now, this is an important part of the process. It's, it's sort of a cleansing process or a growth process. You know, get Aaron Rodgers out of the equation. Let's analyze how bad we really are. As a coaching staff, we get to see our flaws and deficiencies. As, as players, we get to see our flaws and deficiencies. And we get to overcome that. So when Rodgers comes back, hopefully, we're a hardened, we're a tougher, better football team that's able to stand on our own two feet. A defense that's able to actually win football games. You know, we, we can't put up that many points? Fine, you put up... 18, we'll make sure they only put up 13, whatever. I mean, you, you look at these games and just imagine if it had been Aaron Rodgers at the helm. And maybe I'm speaking too soon because, um, you know, we, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if Rodgers is coming back. Excuse me. We don't know if Rodgers is coming back, and we don't know if we're going to beat the Browns. But l- let's just consider this for, for a second. Let's assume Rodgers had been healthy the whole year, and we get into the playoffs compared to this scenario if we end up making it to the playoffs, which team do you think is better? Because once you get into the playoffs, the record doesn't matter anymore. It is what it is. Now, maybe we we had a shot at home field advantage or something like that. Not very likely the way the Vikings are playing anyways. But let's just assume for, for a moment that in both scenarios we get into the playoffs. I would argue that the team that hasn't had Aaron Rodgers all this time is going to be a better football team. So... We'll see how it plays out. That's way down the road, and these these couple losses that Hundley's had may have doomed us if, if we end up losing to the Vikings or whatever the case may be. But all things being equal, if we're able to sneak into the playoffs, we should probably be grateful for the situation because this team has battled. I mean, battle-tested is what this team is. And again, this is the final test, and this this should be maybe, I don't know. Despite everything I said, this is the Cleveland Browns. And if we're going to say that we are a team that with Aaron Rodgers is a Super Bowl contender, this team should steamroll the Browns. Steamroll. I don't care about the matchup. Listen to me. This is the Browns. The Browns came within three a couple times, mostly against terrible teams. The Bengals beat them 31-7. to the Texans beat them 33 to 17. The Vikings beat them 33 to 16. The Detroit Lions put up 38 against them. The Jaguars only allowed them to put up 7. The Bengals again 30 to 16. The Chargers just beat them 19 to 10. These teams have been beating them relatively handily and they're not Super Bowl contenders. Not the Bengals, not the Lions, not the Titans. The Jets beat them, the Ravens beat them, the Colts beat them, 
There's, there's no way. Forget the matchup. There's no way in my mind we lose this game and I feel like, oh, we were just on the verge. If we could have just... No, because if this team can't beat the Browns, who cares if we have Rodgers back? This is sort of the, the, the final test of phase one, if you will. And we could say two, three, four. I don't feel like going back and figuring out what other phases. We're going to call this phase one. It's the final test. What have you learned? How have you grown without Aaron Rodgers? What kind of a new and improved Packers team is Aaron Rodgers going to come back to? Because as good as this team was when Rodgers was around, how much better are they going to be next week if and when Rodgers comes back? We find that out this week. This is a team, forget the matchup again, steamroll them. Demarius Randall, you've been taking some steps. You've been getting a little bit better. You are more than likely going to be on Josh Gordon. Let's see some growth, man. It's a tough matchup. Nobody expects perfection. I want to see growth. I want to see a decent football game. Nobody expects you to do well. This is a proud man who has been getting stomped on for years, and he keeps coming back, and he keeps saying, I think I could be one of the greatest, and he keeps talking all this big talk. This is a huge matchup. Just consider this your Super Bowl, man. This is it. This is for everything. Because if you're able to lock down Josh Gordon, I I don't have a bad word to say about you. Just make it happen. Outside linebackers, pass rushers, interior defenders, go get the quarterback. Dominate that offensive line. I don't want to win. I want a dominant performance. Because let's just be realistic. If we lose, forget lose. If, if we don't dominate this team, if we barely beat them, if it's a close game, we're looking at a team that can't beat or can barely beat the Browns plus Aaron Rodgers. We all know Aaron Rodgers is dominant. And anything's possible with that man. He could drag... He could drag a barn if he wanted to. But what honestly is going to happen? This is a team that can barely beat the Browns plus Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so then what? We beat Carolina 8-4? and four? Good luck. We're going to beat Minnesota? Um, maybe. <laughs> we're we're going to beat Detroit in Detroit? And then what? We're going to go to the playoffs and beat Seattle in Seattle? We're going to beat Carolina? Are we better than the Saints and the Rams and the Eagles? Do we do we go to the Super Bowl and uh, we beat New England? Do we beat the Steelers? Really? What what is going to happen? Th- those are you know we we've been beating some pretty garbage football teams. These are elite teams, and it's funny you look at the NFL. The the weird thing about this year there's the good teams and then there's the not good teams, and there's a stiff divide. The Packers are at the very top of the bad teams based on strength of schedule, whatever. At the 6-6, six and six, you got the Packers, the Bills, Detroit, Oakland, Dallas, and the Chargers, all 6-6. Six and six. You got a bunch of 5-7 and seven teams. Miami, Washington, the Jets, Arizona, Cincinnati. Then you got a bunch of 4-win teams, whatever, right? You get the 6-6, six and six, and then there's a huge jump to the 8-5 and five teams. Or the 8-4 and four teams, whatever. Atlanta's eight and five. Seattle's eight and four. Carolina's eight and four. Jacksonville's eight and four. Tennessee's eight and four. Saints nine and four. Rams nine and three. Philly ten and two. Pittsburgh ten and two. Minnesota ten and two. New England ten and two. These are the good teams. So I guess that's the question. Where do the Packers fall? Right now we understand we're looking at maybe a five hundred team, probably not even with Brett Hundley. 
That's not good enough. Because there's, there's two factors. There's Aaron Rodgers and there's everybody else. We know Aaron Rodgers is very good. But we've also seen that it's not good enough to just have Aaron Rodgers to get you through and win a Super Bowl. There's got to be something else. And I, I feel like I'm just saying the same thing over and over again. But if this team is struggling to beat the Cleveland Browns, that's not good enough. The other half of the equation... The other half, not including Aaron Rodgers, is not good enough to beat the Seattles, the Carolinas, the Jacksonvilles, the Saints, the Rams, the Steelers, the Eagles, the Vikings, the Patriots. This needs to be a dominant performance. Play like you're a Super Bowl caliber football team. If you can't do it, it doesn't matter if Aaron Rodgers comes back. Play like you actually belong in the playoffs. This is the Browns. Again, this isn't even a speed bump. Just drive over it. But that's it. It's game day. Packers, Browns. Um, this, this game, well, every game is going to tell us quite a bit. And this is the, the, the final step as far as Brett Hundley's concerned if we're ever going to get into the playoffs because we're assuming that uh, Aaron Rodgers is coming back next week. If he's not, then this was all for nothing anyways because I don't think this Brett Hundley-led team is going to be Carolina. And I don't think this Brett Hundley team beats uh, Detroit. And in Detroit, I don't think this Brett Hundley team beats Minnesota. So we're going to assume this is the end of the journey. This is Hundley's last chance to uh, prove that there's growth here. Because he has grown a little bit every week. He still isn't very good. But does this guy want to be a quarterback in the NFL? Does he want to go to another team? Does he want to get signed to a, to a big contract somewhere, anywhere, even as a backup? This is his last shot. He needs to make it happen right here. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it. You have yourselves a fantastic Sunday. We will recap this one tomorrow, and um, I will talk to you then. Have a good one. Uh, bye-bye.